United States in the lead. Jamaica close second with Canada catching up. France, Senegal still have a chance with China, India lagging as we round the track here in Tokyo. Hold on. USA is heading off the track. Looks like he just wants a little me time. Nothing wrong with that. Jamaica now indicating his legs are tired and that he's just not that into it anymore. He's down for a little stretch. Canada passing Jamaica, but now it looks like he's headed to the press box to share his feelings about the treatment of Canada's indigenous population. Senegal and France making up the difference now, neck and neck, neck and neck. Hold on. France just took off his shoes and threw them in the air in what seems to be a gesture of apology for France's colonial past. Well, good for him. China in dead last, but giving it his best. At this point, the most he can hope for is that the Olympic Committee will bow to Chinese government pressure and give him the gold. Oh, that's what happened. Gold for China, silver for Senegal, and India bronze. What a race. Coming up next, men's weightlifting, if anyone feels up to it. You're listening to Questionable Material, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. Affordable interior design. Oh, hi. Um, Hi, I don't, it's fine. I don't recognize your voice. This is my wife's company and normally she answers the phone. What, who, who is this? I am Bryce and I am the president of Affordable Interior Design. You may have found us on the web at affordableinteriordesign.edu. Oh, okay. So no, my, my wife owns the, the dot com. She, she's an affordable interior designer. Oh, she's the one. Uh, she, what is, she's the one what? She's the one who's keeping me from living my dream. I'm sorry, what's your dream? My dream is to own affordableinteriordesign.com uh, so that I could have more traffic. Because if you noticed, I'm a number 83 on the uh, Google rankings. The yeah, d- I noticed. The, I, I, dot com, I to- the dot com gets a lot more business, doesn't it? Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing really, really well. Well, uh, perhaps you'd be interested in my services. Okay. Well, I mean, that's why I'm calling. Good. You know, I, I do need some services at home. Um, and I just sort of want to see what else is out there before I, I invest my money into my family and, and into my wife. Yeah. I would uh, prefer you didn't. I would love some business. I'd love a chance to affordably interior design any space you may have. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doesn't great. even have to be yours. Well, okay. And that's, a, I'm not going to pay for you to like affordably interior design my neighbor. Totally understandable. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, we're already so much on the same page. I yeah. feel like, you know, giving you um, my business and not my wife. Well, good. Uh, how can I help you? What are you looking to do? Well, also bros before hoes. That's right. right. Yes. They're, 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 we need to testosterize uh, more interior design. There's just not enough of in, uh, testosterone in interior design. And you're right. It is bros before hoes. How, how do you use your testosterone in your designing? Well, I mean, it, it, it's more, it, it fuels some of my ideas, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the, the, some of my painting techniques, um, oh. you know, the can, can whip. Can whip. Yeah. Well, so you take a paint can okay. and you tie a, a rope to the handle. Okay. And then you poke a couple of holes in the paint can with an awl, and then you just start spinning the can over your head with the rope. Okay, and, and that really does a very interesting and very masculine pattern. 
Okay. Uh, I don't, it's, I don't, don't understand how that would be a more masculine pattern, but it certainly seems like a physical uh, feat. Yeah. And I, I, I doubt your wife could do something like that. Paint cans are heavy. You gotta, mm-hmm. they, they weigh like almost like a gallon and less, right. the more you spin it, it gets lighter, but starting off, it's hard. That's a gallon you of know, paint. No, absolutely. Normally, normally she finds art that's already been created by talented artists. Yeah. So you're, you're going the other direction. Well, I like to, I like to make my own art and that's part of my procedures. I, I spin the can around my head and next thing you know, your, your living room looks like a Jackson Pollock. Oh, so that's, that's not just on a canvas. You're spinning it around a room. Yeah. Well, that's how you paint the room. Is it? Okay. Wouldn't that get on the furniture? Yep. Would you be ashamed to have paint on your furniture if that paint is part of a process that's very artistic and incredibly masculine? Gosh, I do really love masculinity. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess not. What other ways does your testosterone sort of fuel your design choices? Like, you know, how would you design my bedroom, my kids' rooms, that sort of thing? Well, you go into the room, you kind of get an idea of where maybe a breeze might be coming from and you just punch right through the drywall. You get vent holes. Wouldn't that just create more of a breeze? Yeah. It directs the wind through the vent hole. You can do interior and exterior vent holes. Wouldn't wouldn't exterior vent holes be problematic like in, say, rainy season? Uh, They are problematic in rainy season and the winter, but that is why I sell pillows. Oh, so you personally sell? pillows you don't just pick them out or anything you do you make the pillows i have an uh, an overstock for the my pillow overstock uh they're mostly defectives um <laughs> but i get them at a really good price and i will sell them to my clients at a good price and they can stuff them into the breeze holes well I mean, so far i like I, I hate to judge but it's so far it sounds like you run your business a little bit better than my wife so, but, yeah, but again, you know, I want to I'm really sort of tying into your, you know, because everyone sort of ties identity with like uh, uh, making your purchasing choices nowadays. Yes. Where, you know, on the radio, you hear like, you know, uh, you know, hey, we sell curtains. We're a black owned business. Yeah. Like, well, no, I just, I just want the best curtains. I don't really care who owns it. Um, but if this is the trend, I want to be a part of it. And I, I want, I'm a man and I want to support men. Good. Thank you. So in what, what other ways you're welcome? What other ways can we sort of, um, uh, Use your masculinity to help defeat my wife's company and to put, put basically put me out on the street. Well, uh, if you think about it, you know, most doorways don't have spike doors. Yeah, none of mine do because that's a very feminine thing is to have no spikes. Yeah, just a regular flat door. So a spike door is certainly something uh, that is masculine looking. It's intimidating uh, and it's easily done. You can just get, you get a hammer, you get uh, several like four inch nails. And you just mm-hmm. pound them through the one side. So the one side, you know, where you want the nails to stick out of, you mm-hmm. stand on the other side of the door and hit the nails. So that's a good technique. I, I, that seems proprietary. You, just be careful, yep. you know, before, before you, you know, you got to trademark that stuff. I've tried to patent it. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Uh, they said it was done in the medieval times. And so uh, it's not really something I've came up with. And I okay. said, I beg to differ. So how was that resolved? It wasn't. It's still, it's still pending. <laughs> okay. Something tells me it's not really pending on the government side of things, but, um, okay. So, 
Um, uh, what else do you have to, how can you, um, okay, so that's doorways. How can you really make my kids, especially my daughter's room, uh, which is far too feminine. You know, she's got like, it's very, you know, she's got purple and, uh, in there as, as sort of the primary color and lots of stuffed animals and girl dolls and all this stuff. What way can you use your masculinity to fix these problems? Well, I like to do a suspended bed. Mm, and what does that mean? So the bed is actually run through a system of pulleys that are connected to weights. So the bed's actually very up in the air. So when you want to mm -hmm. get into bed, you have to actually pull the bed down. Oh. Okay. And that, that actually requires some strength. And then you climb on top of the bed and then you hold on to the floor handles. Otherwise the bed's going to shoot you up into the ceiling. And that's immediately what I'm afraid of is that it's going to crush my daughter. Yeah, guys. no, but no, as long as she holds on to the floor handles, the bed will stay on the floor. And that way she's building some strength in her muscles. Uh, and she just needs to remember to sleep holding the floor handles. Oh, so she will need to hold it the whole night through. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And, and again, otherwise what will happen to her? Well, the bed will shoot right up and it'll put her right through the ceiling. Do you have mm -hmm. um, multiple stories in your house? We do, but she sleeps on the top floor. So, yeah. would you, so what would happen? Then? Well, she'd probably be in the attic. As long as you have attic access, you can wake her up. Or revive her. Yeah. Okay. How are you sort of planning to compete with my wife um, and to sort of establish your affordable interior design dot edu domain over my wife's? Uh, well, I've uh, started, I, I have the domain affordableinteriordesign.com is racist.com. <laughs> and so what I've done is I'm hoping I can um, get into her Google ranking and, and make people think twice about using her business. And maybe they'll mm -hmm. scroll past the first page and down to the 14th or 15th page where I am. Mm -hmm. I see. She has started doing some advertising on Google and Facebook. In what ways would you do you sort of advertise um, uh, your wares? Well, obviously by playing off her racism <laughs> and, you know, just making allegations left and right. Eventually something sticks. <laughs> I guess that's true. And so what's the current ad you have running right now? Uh, that she, she decorated a, she creates rooms with swastika motifs, <laughs> anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very popular uh, fad right now. That's the problem. I'm not getting any traction. How long have you been at this? Oh my goodness. Uh, like the week. Hmm, okay. So, so you've been pursuing your dream for a week and are, and are hardcore attacking and slandering my wife's business. Is that right? That's what you would say in like a, in a legal document. Absolutely. Okay, great. And, um, what bookings do you have available? I'm available now. If you'd like to consult, uh, if you want to mm -hmm. do like a, you can give me a, a FaceTime tour of your house and I can tell you what, where I would hang posters. Okay. I have That's some great. Motley Crue posters and a poison and a striper to hell with the devil. I mean, that, that, that's great. That's really great. I also rely uh, on my wife for um, not just interior design until I met you, but also for um, cooking and for sex. Is there anything you can do about that? Yeah, I can do like a penis shaped pasta. <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, all right. I'll see you on Thursday. I'm actually in your driveway. <laughs> what? Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jack. How are you doing? I want to tell you a few uh, little little things that have happened to me in the last 48 hours. Oh, my goodness. Tell okay. me your stories. Okay, so the, my first story is that um, our friend Mike, who uh, uh, people from the old TV show days uh, uh, would know is the guy who would uh, direct our show and, and, and shoot this handsome bearded fellow with mm, curly hair. Mike. Um, Mike, Mike uh, just got married this weekend. He did? He got married this weekend. Well, congratulations to Mike. I guess my yeah. invite was lost. No, 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 no. You weren't invited. Huh. I was the only person from the show who was there, though. That's nice. Thanks. Where did he get so, married? He got married actually at his house in uh, in upstate New York. Wow. Um, and it was a lovely ceremony. And so my wife and I stayed uh, in a in a casino upstate at the uh, Resort World's uh, Catskills. Okay. And so Friday night, it's like one thirty in the morning, and maybe it's like one in the morning. And and this is we're very smooth. so I, there's a casino, but it's like the casino in the middle of nowhere. Just you know, it's a small town in Monticello, New York. I think uh -huh. where, oh, it's where the my, casino is. Monticello is where my that one of my best friends from college was from Monticello. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but very, um, a pretty rural area. They yeah. just sort of, you know, through, you know, bribery with the Cuomo administration or whatever, when, when they said they were going to do some casinos, for some reason they popped one here. God knows who got paid off. So it's a relatively new casino. Anyway, so it's about four, uh, two in the morning, one, one in the morning on, on Friday. And uh, we, we do a little bit of gambling, Mike and our, a couple of our friends and my wife. And Mike decides that um, we'll, we'll do the strip club thing, sort of like, oh my gosh, we're going to have like an impromptu the night before. We'll do like a little uh, mini bachelor party. In the upstate, decides, upstate New York strip clubs. Yes, that's yeah. exactly where I'm going with this. Okay. So we, we find a place and we know it is going to be a dump. Yeah. And it is. So we get there and we're almost sort of hoping for it. And it exceeded our expectations. Oh boy. We, we go into this place. It is about the size of a trailer home. <laughs> and there's, so there's a little, there's a little bar and a very small stage with some sort of seats around it, sort of like in an L shape. Mm. And when we get there, there's, there are two dancers there, uh, but one kind of almost leaves immediately. She probably, and we didn't see her again for the rest of the night. She probably passed away. But the second lady who was there, um, her name was Genesis. And uh, so she stayed. So and with a religious and, person, I would imagine. Yeah, very much. Or, or a big fan of Star Trek II or 1980s pop bands. Or Sega uh, consoles. <laughs> I, I know. She's already a big sexy mystery, isn't she? Yeah. I can't wait to see or hear what she looked like. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see. You want to hear. So she, <laughs> so she was one of the least sexy people I've ever met. And it's not about looks, right? Sometimes you can be someone who's not particularly attractive, or at least someone who wouldn't be attractive to me. Mm -hmm. Everyone's tastes are different, but at least you can sort of act in a sort of sexy way. Like you sort of know the game, you know how to be sensual. Mm -hmm. This lady within three minutes of being inside uh, the, the place, she's walking around <laughs> with an empty Budweiser box. So it looks like she's just <laughs> like, she just got fired from an office or she's like taking out the trash in the place. And she's holding a big empty uh, box, Budweiser box, where she's just like sh trying to scoop up her $1 bills from the stage oh, no. and cart them off. Okay. And then as she's backing up with the box, she says, honk, honk, I'm a Tonka truck, honk, honk. 
What does that even mean? I don't know. But this, she was, I think what they would call in the old days, a very special person. And um, I just so unset, like just hearing that some, a woman is a Tonka truck right. as she backs up. Going That's a Hong huge turn on to not, many people, but no, nobody I know. No one I know. I mean, she, it's the definition. They, they should have called the bar like boner kryptonite. That should have been the name of the place. And and so was she fully naked? Because every strip club, I mean, the different states have different rules. She was uh, she was topless and but um, but had a very tiny little string okay. uh, everywhere else. Because, huh. you know, different. So, but Georgia's got a different like they're, they're just all naked. Yes. And, and, and there are different rules. Like if you, if there's no liquor, I think you can be fully nude and whatever. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so we went to this place it was just the, and, and so, so when she would go and leave to do like a, like they, I guess had not a champagne room, like a, a, a Miller light room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she would, she would go in the back with a gentleman and then the stage would be empty. And sometimes the music would then shut off. And it's just like, I mean, you could just hear the other like table of dudes just talking. It was like three cars on a Friday night. And it's just like, there's no one on the strip club. There's no woman at the strip club. Well, the, it's a Tonka truck. And the Tonka <laughs> truck uh, had to go into the garage for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. And that's the other thing she said when she, she like, she came back out and like did a dance. And then she said, uh, all right, I'm going to go back, uh, go in the back and freshen up. I'm like, huh, what's that about? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting kind of sweaty. I'm going to do some, ba-. and she, she lifts up her armpits and is like, I, you know, I'm going to um, uh, use some baby wipes on these. Wow. Oh, uh, she's, oh. she's pushing all the right buttons for someone to <laughs> exit the building. I'm cramping. I have cramps. <laughs> I'm crowning. Well, was she thin? Um, she was not thin. She was not Lena Dunham. She was somewhere in between. Zoftig. Yeah. So, um, you know, she was just unattractive enough to become a new Victoria's Secret model in the new inclusive world. And is she going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated anytime of soon? Of course. Yes. Of course, because unattractive people need to be seen as well. So this, uh, this casino, is it, was it a decent mm-hmm. casino? It was okay. It was sad. You know, I don't know how much of it is COVID or the fact that it's in the middle of nowhere, a hundred miles from New York city. Yeah. Um, they had high minimums at all the tables. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a particularly great casino, but they, they had all the games you would want. They had sort of a little VIP area for the high stakes and what's high know, stakes it, it in is, upstate New York. Could that be like a $10 table? Yeah. You bring in your recycling and yeah. they, uh, they, they, <laughs> What now, now you, um, you owned a strip club for a while down in Atlanta, right? I did. Yeah. Atlanta was, has a big, big strip club town. There was the, the gold club. There was the cheetah. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. the pink pony mm-hmm. and there was, you know, and then I had a few places. Yeah. So you had a number of strip clubs. Yeah. I was known as the strip club King of Atlanta, Georgia, back in the nineties. Wow. My gosh. That's yeah. fantastic. So why did you get in that business? I like naked ladies, booze and money. And so like, I thought these three things like that's, these are all right here in, in mm-hmm. my club, my first club. Yeah. And you, and you told that to your guidance counselor, but like when you were in 10th grade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a very, you know, everybody has a dream and you know, you need goals. And I had goals early on and my teachers were always commenting on that, that, you know. Oh, what, what would they say? Well, Brian won't stop talking about owning a club called Nipples. And, you know, they wanted me to stop. They wanted me to focus on stupid things like history or science or math. And I would just, you know, 
the answer to most of my test questions was one day I will own nipples. <laughs> right. Yeah. And for, for your math test, for your like, you know, uh, algebra or, um, or a calculus, you, you, every answer would be two because that's the yes. number of nipples there are in a woman's body. Yeah. So as soon as I had a chance, once I, you know, I was in Atlanta, I opened up, uh, I opened up nipples, a gentleman's club. <laughs> now, okay. That's something I've always wondered about. Why do we call it a gentleman's club? Because sometimes it feels like there's some non-gentlemen invited. Is, did, did you distinguish that? Um, a, a gentleman likes to get liquored up and look at naked ladies. And, okay. and, and to tuck money into their uh, garters or, mm-hmm. or bikini bottoms or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Or in my case, just they, they would, we'd use rubber bands that we get off of broccoli and just put it around the woman's <laughs> ankle. You could just tuck it in there. That's, that's strange. It, not only it's strange, but it's also dangerous because those rubber bands are very small. So my oh. um, uh, uh, revelation was her name. Uh, she lost her foot. Circulation was dead. She didn't know she was just dancing and dancing. Everybody thought she was just a bad dancer. And it just turned out she had uh, cut off circulation to her foot completely. Right. So her, her foot died. So the dancing was a little bit less sexy. Yeah. It was, it was not as sexy. You could see the, the you, you can't do a sexy glance uh, mm-hmm. when your, your foot is blue. You know, you're more concerned. She kept looking back. People were like looking, you know, so she was, everybody was disoriented. And then she, uh, she staggered off and then went straight to the Grady hospital. Okay. And, and so you, you, you let her have the rest of the day off of work? I did. And she was back, wow. you know, the next day she, you know, you, you'd never know that there was an issue except for the missing foot <laughs> and the, and the, the yelps of pain every time, you know, she, the gauze, you know, hit the, the dance floor. Kind of lit up so she did, you did, there was not even time to get like a prosthetic. So she just had a stump. She was just an uneven person. Yeah. I mean, it was treated, obviously it was uh, surgically sealed and, and, uh, you know, cauterized. Had, we had cauterized and it had bandages on it and, um, you know, they, they needed to be replaced more often than they did. They weren't meant to be danced on, especially <laughs> to Chumbawamba. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, there was, she got a lot of sympathy money. Oh, that's great. That's I've, I've relied on sympathy to get a lot of things in my life. So yeah. that's, that's great that she did too. Yeah. Her Budweiser box was just brimming over with cash. That's great. Good for, good for, what was her name? Destiny? Revelation. Um, revelation. Good for revelation. Yeah. <laughs> now, is it Genesis in the book of revelations? Uh, yeah. Well, here we go. And <clears throat> unpack that one for a while. That's right. So, okay. So it's, so it's the nineties. Um, so you had, of course, so you, you injured that one, you injured that one lady. Yeah. Not intentionally. I I want to make that very clear in case there are personal injury attorneys out there. Uh, it was an accident. It was an accident. Uh, Okay. No, no one's, no one's, no one's coming after you, buddy. Um, what, um, how, how would you, how would you find women? I carried my cards with me. And if I saw an attractive woman, I'd, I'd walk right up to them and say, listen, uh, my name is Brian. I own Nipples, a gentleman's club. Um, and then if they continued the conversation, um, then I knew I might have an in. I would hand them my card, mm-hmm. invite them to come by for a strip and mm-hmm. dip. And, uh, for a strip and dip? Yeah. I would, oh, they, that's where they would strip and you give them a French dip? No, they would strip and I would give them chewing tobacco. Back in the 90s, <laughs> chewing tobacco was a huge thing. Yeah, I sort of remember that. 
So I'd say come by for a strip and dip and, uh, you know, we'll see if, if you're interested. Okay. So, so that's an interesting recruiting process. Um, you know, did, did that, how did that usually go? Um, usually uh, I, you know, I got ignored a lot. I got yelled mm -hmm. at a lot. I got slapped mm -hmm. a lot. And mm -hmm. so, um, I ultimately relied on hunky Pete. Oh, who's hunky Pete. He was a very good looking gentleman uh, named, uh, Flavio. And he would, um, bring girls back and, and, and to the club for, so he was kind of my recruiter. Yeah. I wasn't it. as good at, at, as approaching, at approaching these women. Mm -hmm. They, for some reason, they just didn't like talking to me, but, uh, hunky Pete, they enjoyed talking to, they enjoyed being impregnated by, um, many <laughs> times, um, hunky Pete during the stint, he worked for me. I mean, he fathered at least uh, 13 children. That's fantastic. Yeah. Back when you were recruiting before you met Flavio, yeah. AKA hunky Pete, you know, where would you sort of like do your recruiting? Obvious places, a pool, obvious places, a gym. Obvious oh, places, right. a high school. No, you want to go to, you know, someplace where there's going to be a lot of women and where, you know, you might get a glimpse of them, you know. Okay. Uh, so yeah. okay. emergency rooms, I would spend a lot of time in. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, one of my best dancers had overdosed. Um, and that's how I discovered it. So this woman was very, very thin. Uh, attractive in, in a, in a kind of uh, sleazy way. And uh, she was Heritage. wheeled in. She had overdosed in her bathtub. She was, they, they just covered her with a, a blanket, but I got a sense that she was a good looking lady. And uh, as she was recovering, you know, I, I did my usual shtick. I walked in dressed as a doctor, started talking <laughs> to her and said, I like what I see. <laughs> and then I handed her my card. I said, listen, uh, when you get out of here, um, come by nipples, the gentleman's club. <laughs> we'll talk. And, and, uh, and she danced for you for a while. She did. Yeah. She was, uh, she danced for me for several years. Mm -hmm. Uh, she had uh, three of, of hunky Pete's kids. <laughs> I mean, two for sure. And then one's kind of an iffy thing. Cause it was a crazy night. Sure. But, um, yeah, she, you know, she was, she was, she loved to dance. She loved to, to just kind of fall asleep sometimes on stage if she was, had too much heroin, but she was, she was full of, of energy a lot of times and heroin other times. So she was like, she was interesting. Right. Right. Very positive. And so, um, you know, have you sort of followed her on Facebook since like what, what happened to her? She mistook, uh, fentanyl for cocaine. <laughs> And snorted uh, three lines of fentanyl and mm -hmm. was dead within three minutes. <laughs> okay. And the funny thing is, you know, they wheeled her into the ER mm -hmm. and one of my rivals was there and he, uh, the son of a gun, he, he was ripping me off. He was trying to do the same. He tried to recruit her. <laughs> oh, son of a, that is a funny thing. Yeah. And we had wow. a good laugh about that. I saw him, he saw me, we just kind of pointed to her and we laughed and realized, you know, he's ripping me off or whatever. It's, you know, it's a small town. Yeah. 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 Um, what was the, who's your rival? Mark Forrester. He owns, mm -hmm. he owns areolas, <laughs> a place for nipples. Oh, that's got to burn you. Yeah. It, you know, he's, he's kind of ripped me off my whole life. He just follows me around and, and takes my ideas. 
Oh man. It's the I, same I thing is happening with my wife's business right now with a competitor. And it's like, it's driving me nuts right now. Yeah. It makes you angry. Yeah, it does. Oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, so what, what, what was sort of like your big uh, moneymaker at the club? Like what, you know, uh, I mean, we had a, a, a door charge, of course, of course. And you could uh, join uh, the VIP club. Oh, so for if it's a $350 a year membership fee, Okay. but it allows you to, to taunt the women. And, <laughs> and then we have, you know, we had what we called uh, the champagne room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could, it's a, we could get a private dance. Yep. But, you know, so we, and we'd stand there and say, yeah, come in and get a private dance and then kind of wink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, knowingly wink private dance. If you know what I mean. And then you just yep, wink. Yep. And okay. then, you know, and then they hand you $400 and they get a private dance. Right. And the, they, they do it. <laughs> so it, it seems like potentially you were running a, a brothel. Oh, okay. Now you sound like the Atlanta police department. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> you know, Brian, so, so maybe what we should do is dedicate um, this episode to, to the woman who passed away there. And I don't think you ever told us her name. Oh, she went by lively. <laughs> okay. That's kind of ironic. It is. Yeah. And that's pretty much what everybody was saying at her memorial service, <laughs> which was held at Nipples, a gentleman's club. <laughs> hey, Brian. Yeah. Am I, am I interrupting something? Is, is I, that not a good time? No, it's fine. If you want to do this, uh, the podcasting, that's fine. I was, I was, I had, I had something else planned, but that's fine. I will talk to okay, you. Well, I mean, you. You need the attention. I'm talking to you now. Here we Hi. No. Hi, Jack. Hi. No, this, no, no, no. This isn't about me. I'm wearing headphones and speaking to a microphone. Yeah. This is our podcast time. Yeah, me too. I'm doing the same thing. And you, you think, what are, you think I don't think about that every night before bed? I, well, that, I mean, that's weird too. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that, but with the, uh, what, what other plans had you made just now? I don't, Jack, I have, I, uh, there's iced tea and there's iced coffee. And if okay, you think I can just, the rapper? you can flip a switch and decide it's not that easy, Jack. It's a lot harder than that. Okay. I guess so. Now, are you talking about the, again, I need to ask, are you speaking about the wrapper and a, and a cold uh, coffee drink? Or are you speaking about two cold drinks? No, two cold drinks, Jack. I, I'm not familiar. I, I know who Ice-T is. He's an actor sure. uh, and a singer, but no, this is Ice-T that my wife made for her cafe uh, and the, the iced coffee for her cafe. And, and and I get the leftovers, Jack, and I can't decide which one to have. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, you know, as, as regards to your wife, you're always getting the leftovers. Anyway, um, so I want to discuss the Olympics real quick, because that sort of is the um, topic on, on everyone's mind, right? America has Olympics fever. And for some, like Simone Biles, the fever is, is, uh, is too high and, and she's um, falling over. Uh, but there's a story that was in the news the other day um, that I wanted to discuss, mm. and that is South Korea got into some trouble Uh-oh. because their co- yep because their coverage of the opening ceremony for the Olympics was deemed inappropriate, and, and I'll tell you what they did. Um, so as as each country you know walked through for the opening Olympic ceremony, um, the South Korean broadcaster M as in Mary MBC used images to represent each country. Um, and some of them were a little offensive. So uh, Italy or um, a little easy, let's say. Yeah. So for Italy, they brought up a bunch of facts about Italy and then just had a big pizza. 
Okay, for, of course. For, for, for Nor, this is true. Right. Like for Norway, they a uh, bunch of facts, and then a salmon. A salmon. Well. Yep. Okay. For Ukraine, a uh-huh. bunch of facts, and then Chernobyl. Are you joking? No. That's amazing. And then for hate, for Haiti, a bunch of facts, and then upheaval. Are you, you like like people running in the streets in, in Bedlam? That was the image they showed on South Korean TV oh, to wow. represent these countries. Wow. I mean, well done, South Korea. They're just nice, you know, nice way to take the spotlight away from North Korea. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it's 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 funny because I know you, you work in the graphics department of NBC, right? I do. I work for MBC, Mike Bravo Charlie, uh, broadcasting in South mm-hmm. Korea. Uh, we're headquartered yeah. in Seoul. I love Seoul. I love the mm-hmm. Seoul food, Seoul music, and Seoul, mm-hmm. the city. It's very advanced. They have a nicer airport than any of the airports in New York combined. Uh, yeah. So totally. I've been there for quite a while. So you, you certainly know some of the the other images and things that were brought up about uh, some of the other countries yes. uh, during the opening ceremonies, right? I do. Yeah. I'm familiar with the other stuff that was uh, the other graphic packages that we got in trouble for. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that, that'd be great. I was wondering if you could sort of, um, you know, it might help to cleanse your soul yeah. uh, as, as we would say to, um, to sort of, you know, admit to your mistakes and, and talk about some of the other heinous imagery that you had. So let's do that right now. How about that? Yeah, that's very soul cleansing. And I, as, as a, you know, as a graphic designer in South Korea, I think we need to atone for our mistakes. And also as the only white guy in the South Korean graphics team, I will be firing myself. So, because clearly diversity is not working in South Korea. <laughs> yeah, it's not. All right. So, so let's start, let's start this off close to home. What did you guys show for the United States and what did you sort of feature about the United States as, as the, their athletes were walking, walking forward? For the United States, obviously uh, what the first thing that comes to mind is McDonald's. Yep. So we had a, a picture of a Big Mac and mm-hmm. a filet of fish and mm-hmm. a, a large Coke. And then uh, someone in the background with type two diabetes. How, how could you tell they had type two diabetes uh, in because, the image? In the, well, I mean, because uh, it says uh, on this shirt, there's a check, two check boxes. It says type one, type two, and her shirt, huge shirt had a, a X on the type two. Wow. That's, yeah. and, and so it was just, you just found a, a, a like a, a plus size model or, or who did you use? I went to Sports Illustrated and I asked them if they could recommend some people. They gave me some names. That's great. What did you guys use for, um, for our neighbors up to the North for Canada? A Canada is obviously a moose. Uh, so it's a moose climbing a mountain of poutine, which is their national mm-hmm. dish. And then the, the person whose poutine is it, it is that the moose is stepping on, uh, is very apologetic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, who could be offended by anything in that image? Exactly. Well, that's, that's smart. Um, uh, you know, let's, well, let's, let's stay in the neighborhood. What about our neighbors to the South? What about Mexico? What did they show when the Mexican Olympic uh, Olympians rather, uh, you know, marched through the Olympic um, uh, opening ceremony? What we did was we had a, a gentleman, we had the border wall and then you see a gentleman on a pole vault, just lift up, fly up right over the border wall. He lands, executes a perfect landing, gets a 10 from the judges who are, um, Kamala Harris and Ocasio-Cortez, and then a, a volley of heads uh, decapitated from uh, cartel members come flying over the wall and he catches them all and starts juggling. 
It's a lot going on. That's that's a lot just for one one graph. Yeah. <laughs> so so like so so heads are just catapulted. They're just flying. You don't know where they're coming from. You assume they're coming from uh, the Sicario, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. Man. Okay. Um, well, goodness. Uh, you know, uh, you know, for, for the Dominican Republic athletes, yes. you know, what, what was the, what was the imagery you guys chose to, to show for, for those, those fine uh, men and women? Um, well, it, it kind of complements the Haitian uh, uprising imagery. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it's just on the Dominican side, they're just, they have their arms crossed and they're just looking with the most dismissive uh, glances. Like, come on guys, cut it out. We're tired. <laughs> we share the same Island. Cut it out. <laughs> that's a deep cut. That, that's for the South Korean audience who, who really sort of knows, um, who knows like the backstory of those countries. They're very, if you talk to any South Korean, they're very well versed in the Haitian Dominican Republic rivalry. Huh? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And anybody in Haiti and, uh, Dominican Republic can tell you about BTS, the Korean pop group. (laughs) So it's, so it goes both ways. It's mutual. I think they have sister cities. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, uh, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, what about, you know, the, here's a country you like to talk uh, a lot about for some reason, it's always in your head, uh, Germany. Yes. What, what was their, um, what was their sort of uh, opening graphic for all those fine, uh, German uh, athletes? Well, you see a Japanese man. And then you see a German man slide in and it says United again. (laughs) And then they kind of put their arms around one another and they high five because they're back. They're working together. (laughs) So they're they're really interested. I mean, the Olympics is about building, um, you know, building bonds and ties between countries. So it looks like they're trying to reignite that. They're trying to reignite past passions. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Wilson Phillips reunion. Like it's something you don't need. You know, um, I beg to differ. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to tear up this uh, podcast and friendship uh, I, right now. We can do that off air. Off air. Save it for off air. Okay. Save it for off air. Well then, well then let's switch it so that you just told us what Germany's doing, which involves uh, Japan, the host country. Yep. What did South Korea show about Japan in their graphic package? In, I'm sorry, in your graphic package. They ran old uh, f- footage uh, from the 30s, just showing the, mm-hmm. the Japanese pillaging uh, China and, and Korea. <laughs> it wasn't well received, I'll be honest. I just thought people wanted to talk about history. <laughs> I'm very big so, into so critical would- Asian history. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big CAT advocate? Yeah, I'm an advocate for CAT in schools. I think critical Asian theory needs to be taught. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we need to understand the, the depths of, to which the, the Japanese Imperial Army went mm-hmm. and uh, they must continue to atone. That's oh, why I, I demand free sushi every time I pass a Japanese restaurant. How does that go over? Uh, they, they so far have refused. Okay. But I keep trying. I mean, I, got, I did get a sheet of uh, seaweed. Okay. Handed oh. to me and with a please go. <laughs> so when, you know, if you act up enough, you will get something. Okay. I mean, it seems, seems more about your problematic behavior than their acknowledgement of fault, but whatever. You got free stuff. That's exactly what I told the NYPD. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's move on. Um, uh, you know, what about uh, Saudi Arabia? You know, um, Saudi Arabia, you know, sent a big contingent to the Olympics this year. What did they show for, for those athletes? 
Uh, for for Saudi Arabia, we had uh, obviously their crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, <laughs> and smiling. And then you see him hold up a bone saw and give a, a knowing nod. And just in case that nobody got it, we, you just hear in the background, Khashoggi. <laughs> Man, how many graphics of that have you made though over the past couple of years? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much a recurring thing. All we did was add the Khashoggi in the background. <laughs> right. The, hey, how's your, how's your um, Saudi Prince Bonesaw uh, uh, animated pilot going, by the way? Uh, it, it has been, you know, it was... Um, Somebody somewhere said something and it's been pulled. <laughs> I think it's because. Uh, over what? Well, I think the crown prince has a one third stake in the uh, online platform, which was, uh, uh, we were talking to. And okay. I think he put his foot down or perhaps someone else's foot that he cut off with a bone saw. And, and they said, okay, uh, this is, we're not going forward. God damn. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a clean idea. I'm sorry to hear that. That was, I thought that was going to be a big breakout hit for you. Yeah. Well, I'll keep trying. I know you will. I know you will, but I believe in you. Hey, what about Libya? Yeah, mm. That's one of my favorite countries. What, um, what, uh, you know, what did they show for, for the Libyans? Oh, the Libyans. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe it's been so long since uh, Mormar Gaddafi got his just desserts. Yeah. And that's why our graphic was just desserts. And it was just, uh, you saw tiramisu and apple pie. And ice cream. You all right? So yeah, no, I'm all right. That that's just it's a real thinker. <laughs> yeah. So you just so people were like, "What is this? What is this?" Like just desserts. Get it? And then we moved on to the next country. Let's stay in the Middle East. What what about our, our friends over in Iran? Yes. You know what? What did they? What did they? What was their sort of graphic? It just it started. You see, we had some graphics of Iranian athletes. And uh -huh, they're, they're cool. running and then you, you just see them running and they've got uh, backpacks on and they run uh, right to uh, Hezbollah headquarters in Lebanon. And then they drop their mm -hmm. backpacks, give a thumbs up, and then they run back to Iran. And everybody's like, what's in those backpacks? Could it be weapons? We'll never mm -hmm. know, but we'll know. No, we'll know their weapons. Um, boy, that's, it seems like a complicated, you know, it, it almost seems like a full length cartoon at that point. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, we did it fast. They ran in fast motion. It was kind of like a yep. Benny, it had a Benny Hill vibe to it. Yep. <laughs> well, I, Benny Hill is very big in Iran. So yep. that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. He's a thing there. I have not seen the <laughs> statues, but I do want to go. <laughs> Lastly, what about uh, South Korea's neighbors to the north? Everyone's favorite, North Korea. What was their graphic when the North Korean athletes came on on uh, uh, onto the main stage there at the Olympic um, opening ceremony? Well, uh, you know they 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 have to do a very delicate dance. Yeah, of course, because uh, Seoul is in uh, artillery range of North Korea. You know, these guys are easily triggered. They get very mad. They even, you know, they launch things on occasion just to scare everybody. They had a picture of Kim Jong-un, the current leader, who is a bit of a portly man. Mm -hmm. uh, and just underneath it said, sexy at any size. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I, I think he has a shot at the Sports Illustrated cover next week. 
That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our video clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 